shocking turn of events we are back we are back i am back on the podcast um it's been a while guys it's been three weeks since i've posted an episode but boy that last one it was a doozy and thank you joanne for being on that episode um yeah here i am i just finished uh crying in my car well, actually, are you ever finished crying in your car if you live in Los Angeles? And if you're not crying in your car, do you even live in Los Angeles? I don't believe you. Um, crying in your car in Los Angeles is a rite of passage. And quite honestly, you know, it's a place of solitude, uh, a place where you're able to spend a lot of time, uh, quite honestly. So it takes me an hour to to get to work in the morning and... You know, in the morning you can, um, you know, start focusing on some some unwanted thoughts. <laughs> this morning I didn't cry in the car, though. I think I had a, a pretty productive thinking session in the car. You know, sometimes I'll throw on a podcast. Uh, other times when I'm feeling intellectually superior, I will listen to NPR and take in the news. And boy, what a doozy the news is lately, folks. Uh, but we won't talk about that because this podcast is about escapism. Except we do uh, talk about our fears and the things that uh, truly pain us. And I don't even know what triggered me crying in my car uh, this evening. But I cried down a very long stretch of Olympic Boulevard. Which if you aren't familiar with Los Angeles, it's a very long well, I guess the word you would use is thoroughfare. It's <laughs> one of the main streets in Los Angeles, baby. They say it in Clueless. Like, doesn't Ty say something like, um, I live above Olympic and uh, what's his face? Elton. Like, he's like, well, I can't take you up there. That doesn't make any sense. And then he basically tries to, you know, fondle Cher in the front seat of his, you know, little BMW. Fuck Elton. Except Jeremy Sisto is a babe. I mean, just shout out to Jeremy Sisto and his uncircumcised penis. He does have an uncircumcised penis, guys. I don't know how that thought just came into my mind, but I knew that. <laughs> I knew that, folks. I knew it. I hope he's not. Is he a Scientologist? I hope not. I know he was raised in L.A. or like in some type of like hippie compound. Can somebody write into the podcast with a fact check about Jeremy Sisto, because this has become suddenly quite important. Okay, so I was crying in my car tonight after work. Uh, not really sure why. I think it's over a boy. 
<laughs> is it ever not over boy? No, yeah, it is sometimes not about a boy. Actually, I would say most of the time my crying is not about a boy. I, you know, I just cry. I'm so sensitive. You know, I let it all out. I think crying is extremely cathartic. Everyone should do it and not be ashamed by it. And, you know, sometimes I, you know, I cry at my desk at work. I cry in the bathroom. (laughs) I cry in my studio apartment. I cry in my car. I cry in the movies. That's the best type of cry when you're crying in the movies. Just like total and utter, you know, release in the dark, you know, sitting next to strangers. I mean, hopefully there's like maybe a couple of seats between you and the stranger sitting next to you. You know, I try to to arrange my my seat when I go to the movies uh, like that. I don't want to be sitting directly next to somebody. I mean, sometimes you have to when a movie's sold out. And that can happen a lot in Los Angeles because there's a lot of people here, folks. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, I'm all cried out. I feel I feel fine. Um, obviously this is a diary edition of the podcast, which is honestly what the podcast was supposed to be originally. I really don't know what I'm doing in life. Does anyone please write into the podcast if you think you know what you're doing in life on rulypodcast.gmail.com. Um, <laughs> I'd love to hear from you if you are confident that you know what you're doing in life, because I'm pretty sure. And listen, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm pretty sure that 99.9% of people do not know what they're doing in life and we're all just faking. (laughs) And that comforts me, you know, it just comforts me. So does the thought of the sweet release of death, but whatever. Um, yeah, I was sick a couple weeks ago. It was bad. Uh, (laughs) yeah, it was like the week of my birthday. I did have a birthday. Thank you so much. Aquarius season is in full swing. I am an Aquarius, obviously, um, which I've talked about many times before. Um, And yeah, I had a nice birthday. Uh, Thankfully, the cold I had kind of cleared up uh, before. I I had a little like gathering at a bar, went to the shortstop, you know, got drunk. Is there anything more American than getting wasted on your birthday? Write into the podcast and let me know what it is. And your answer, if if your answer is guns, I will not respond to that. Because, yeah, I mean, that's the most obvious thing that's American is guns, automatic weapons. Pretty hack. You know, if that's your first answer and you're saying the most American thing is guns, then you're a hack. Like, if I see somebody do that at an open mic, I'm like, this is a fucking hack. But so be it. Um, I turned 32. I have no qualms about saying my age. You know, 32 years old, lived through a lot. I've accomplished a lot. I have a lot to look forward to. And things are fine. Okay? Also, I think my destiny cards are looking pretty good right now. So... We'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the beginning of the year. You know, we're always trying to uh, improve ourselves, improve our lives. I've been, um, you know, trying to meditate regularly still. Um, I practice TM. I've talked about that before. And TM and is transcendental meditation, in case you don't know what that is. And it's supposed to be because I'm a person who sleeps very little uh, because I have, I don't know, I have built into me some type of strange anxiety state 
where I'm not like manifesting anxiety physically because you know how a lot of people like with anxiety they you know they're like shaky and sweaty and you know they look clammy and things like that and they're just they have like heart palpitations <laughs> I'm, I'm not having that I feel like my anxiety manifests in other forms and I feel my uh my workaholism is a part of that. Like I'm, I'm totally anxious all the time. And I think if I'm not working on something, nothing's getting done. I don't know. I just have this really strange idea that I have to be productive doing something at all times. So I do have this very strange, like multitasking attitude. Like I'll be at home and I'll be like, you know, typing something up. And cause I do like, you know, work on the side for extra money if I need it. So I'll be like, you know, typing something and I'll be having, like, I'll be doing laundry at the same time. So I'll be having laundry going <laughs> and then I'll, maybe I'll have like other, like other laundry in the dryer at the same time. And maybe I'll have like a manifestation candle, like going in the background, I'll be doing an intention ritual. Um, I'll be cooking something at the same time. Maybe I'll have something in the oven. Uh, and then I'll be like, I'll be like, I, when I get into like a work mode in my apartment, like I'll start like getting these, like, this is an OCD thing. Like I'll just start picking up like Clorox wipes and just like wiping things down. <laughs> Clorox wipes are a person with OCD's best friend because you get in, you get into every crevice, you know, things are squeaky clean. You can make everything clean except, um, the damage done by your childhood, uh, with a Clorox wipe and it's great. I used Clorox wipes to clean my stove the other day and I was just like fascinated at how white it was after I cleaned it. Um, so yeah, wait, could, can somebody, somebody who has connections to Clorox, which I'm assuming, is it a Procter and Gamble company? Please write into the podcast and let me know how I could get a sponsorship. I'm also seeking sponsorship from Pepto-Bismol, which is another great product. Uh, lately, when I <laughs> this, I don't know how sad this is, but like, you know, when you get older and, you know, you're still going out and partying sometimes, you know, you want to be prepared, right? So like sometimes before I go out to drink, I'll take like one big swig of Pepto-Bismol <laughs> right before I go out to a bar. Just a preemptive swig of Pepto-Bismol. Because you never know what's going to happen. And I also carry the tablets in my purse. <laughs> God, am I a sick woman? No, I think I'm actually very uh, prepared. So what was I talking about? Anxiety. <clears throat> yeah, so anxiety for me manifests in this form of having to be busy all the time. And when I meditate... Uh, because TM is supposed to be more restful than the actual state of sleep, you know, so it's more restful than taking a nap. I'm not really a nap person. Um, sometimes when I attempt to take a nap, I just end up like sleeping hours and hours and hours. And that really pisses me off. I remember when I was a kid, there were a few times where I accidentally like slept through a whole night by like taking a nap in the afternoon, it would like make me angry. Like if I was a kid and I would like get up in the morning at like, like I like, I used to get up at like 8am in the morning. Now I'm like 7am, maybe earlier. But if I like went back to bed and then like slept through the rest of the morning, I would be angry at myself. I, that's like, that's another weird manifestation of anxiety. It's just like having to have control of things 
you know, having to uh, want to get things done, you know, be a go-getter, an overachiever. I was an overachieving child, believe it or not. I know a lot of you people, you know, think I'm just like some messy woman, you know, a party girl. And, you know, I'm all that and more. I, I contain multitudes, baby. I'm a, uh, a modern day Walt Whitman over here. So what I was going to say, though, is that it's exhausting being a bad bitch. You know, I just have so many things to do. <laughs> and, you know, I work full time. I do comedy and I had a lot of good shows this month. Shout out uh, to Jay Light at the Comedy Store who let me do a spot before Roast Bottle a couple weeks ago. I had a great set that night. That was a great spot. I loved it. I also did Chatterbox this month. That was a good set also. All of my sets have been like fire lately and I'm not bragging. Okay. Like I just love stand-up comedy again. <laughs> Which I, I guess I am bragging about that because stand-up is hard and it sucks. Nobody wants to do that. I mean, too many people want to do stand-up, but it's exhausting. Being a bad bitch is exhausting. So I'm working, I'm doing comedy, I'm taking a class that starts next week, um, I'm doing work on the side sometimes for money, I have a social life, guys, I have lots of friends, okay, and they're always like, what are you doing, let's go out, what are you let's go out, and, so, and I have to decline them a lot, and that's fine. It's fine. You know, you don't always have to go out. As I've gotten older, now that I'm 32, I can say that I don't really have FOMO like I used to. Like, I used to, like, really think that, like, all the best shit was happening while I was just, like, sitting inside at home. And that's just not true. You know, like, what am I, how many nights am I going to, like, stay up till, like, four or five in the morning drinking? You know, maybe just one night a week. <laughs> just Saturdays. So anywho, <clears throat> yeah, I'm feeling a lot better. You know, I've been doing some uh, crystal meditations. I got a selenite wand. Perhaps you saw this on my Instagram. Um, but I got a selenite wand, which you're supposed to, like, if you grip it while you're meditating, it's supposed to have like a clearing effect. Um, I think it might be working. And you're also supposed to use it to like cleanse other crystals. Um, which I haven't quite exactly figured out. So if somebody knows how to do that, if you know how to cleanse crystals with a selenite wand properly and in a clear way, because I've been looking it up and people like say totally different things all the time, email the podcast. <laughs> Unrulypodcast.gmail.com. I'm, I'm kind of kidding when I say email the podcast. Like I want people to email the podcast, but I want it to be something reasonable. I don't want it to be a message about how a guy wants to fuck me. I feel like I get so many of those. Like I like yes, I understand folks. I am good looking. I'm so, I apologize. You know, uh this is just the genetic uh cards I've been dealt. I have a symmetrical face. Uh great lips, obviously. Beautiful green eyes. Uh, good eyebrows, you know, which I've been threading. So they grow in nice and thick. <laughs> thick eyebrows are back, uh, which is great. Um, yeah, I have, I have blonde highlights again. Um, I'm really just like looking real cute lately. And boy, have I heard a lot about that. Um, and this is another reason why I kind of was, uh, I, I was, there was a night I was going to record a podcast and I got so upset 
by some messages I received from men and then also um, just like some interactions I had with men. I had one long bad day where I was receiving like multiple messages from men I don't even know, you know, on social media. Like these men just DM me. And listen, if you're one of the men who DMs me on social media, look, I'm thankful that you're a fan of mine. Okay. But the truth is, is number one, I don't know you. Okay. <laughs> that, is, that is the first thing that I have to establish here. I do not know you. Okay. Number two, you don't have to send me a message. I, I'm not going to date you. I don't, because back to number one, I don't know you. Okay. I only date men who I know. Okay, that's what I prefer, shockingly. And, like, if you live in another city or whatever, I'm not going to travel to come meet you. You know, like, I really don't care. I Like, I have to be honest. It's very flattering that you're attracted to me. That's very nice. Um, but quite honestly, you know, I'm trying, this is a career thing for me. Um, sharing my life on social media, which quite honestly, the things I share, they have, they're not really, everything I do is a persona. And I don't think people really like understand that. Well, comedians understand that. So like things I tweet, you know, things I write about online, it, it they're all based within a comedic persona, like an exaggeration of who I really am, you know? And if I have to be quite honest, the person I really am on the inside is not somebody who's gonna, you know, hook up with somebody who just like randomly DMs me on Twitter. It's not for me. So thank you, but I'm not interested. Please just, when I have a comedy album, just buy my comedy album. That's all I care about. Okay. When I have merch, please purchase my merch. And I'll be very grateful for that. Okay. Maybe I'll sign something for you. Anywho. Yeah, so that same day, you know, I got the messages I didn't want. And then I, uh, oh my God, I got catcalled in the parking lot of Walgreens. There was this, I don't know, it was a Lyft driver. And he just like rolls down his window. And he's just like a fucking like, you know, fuck boy. And he's just like, hey, baby. I'm like, that's the best you can come up with. And, and I literally just yelled at him. I was like, don't look at me. I said, don't look at me. And that's what it's come down to where I have to tell men, don't look at me. That's how angry I get sometimes when men are looking at me. And listen, I know what some of you are going to say. Okay. Maybe I have some haters listening to this podcast. Maybe some of you are MRAs. <laughs> God bless you. Um, <laughs> And if you are, fuck you. Okay. Because you're probably saying like, oh, poor Heather, you know. Oh, just just wait until she's old and she doesn't get male attention. Guess what? I've been getting male attention since I was probably like seven or eight years old. And you know exactly what that feels like as a woman to like feel like a man's eyes looking at you and, you know, just like fucking undressing you in public. And it's fucking disgusting. And if it never happened again at this point, I'd be fine with it. Because this is another thing, quite honestly... I'm never going to date that type of guy anyway. Like, that has never worked. What woman has been in public and a man has come up to her and be like, hey, baby, and said something like, you know, about her tits or her ass, 
And she's been like, oh, my God, really? I'm in love with you. Let's get married. Like, if a guy comes up to me and he goes, I like your tits. I'm going to be like, what the fuck did you just say to me? You dumb fuck. I don't want to hear. And I've had plenty of, like, disgusting comments. But just a man saying, hey, baby, to me through the window of his car that fucking pissed me off. So I I was already, like, suicidally depressed that day. And then I went to a gas station, and there's, like, two men, uh, I don't know, they were, like, driving a truck or something. Like a delivery truck, not, like, a semi or anything like that. But they they see me, like, get out of my car, and they're just, like, checking me out like I'm a piece of fucking meat. And I'm fucking tired of that. I, I don't need it. Once again, that is, it's not like I'm going to fuck you right there. It's so disgusting. Please. Ugh, like, men who actually successfully pick up women, they're not doing stuff like that. You know, like, they're probably, like, faking it a little or, like, you know, pretending to be interested. You know, if they're just trying to fuck you and, and you know, they can just pretend to be interested, ask you some questions. It's pretty simple. Even though I don't agree with any of that stuff. Like, I don't think people should just, like try to fuck you for whatever reason i think that's pretty boring honestly um i need something more than that i need more of a connection okay my fucking days well my days for like just fucking are over like i'm i'm like so tired you know i was celibate for seven months i may have had sex on my birthday if you want to find out if i had sex on my birthday please uh subscribe to my patreon uh, unruly Heather Murley Patreon. That's a joke. I don't have a Patreon. It's none of your goddamn business what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> so anywho, men, please desist. Like, it's hard enough for me out here being a bad bitch on my own. Okay? You you ruin my day sometimes when you say these things to me. Okay? And I've been catcalled plenty. Yeah, the best cat call I ever got. Okay? And this was a good one. Okay? The guy said... You should be in show business. And you know what? I am. I am technically in show business. <laughs> I thought that was a really nice compliment. Okay? But, like, some of the worst, like, cat calls I've ever gotten. I had a guy tell me once. He was like, I'd like to spread your legs open, mommy. It's like, what the? F- How could you say this to somebody in public? Like, I the audacity. Like, I just don't understand. I just don't understand the audacity of even, like, daring to say something like that. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay. <sighs> Was Do I sound like I'm miserable with that groan? That's just who I am. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not miserable. I just needed that. It was a very guttural reaction to all that stuff. Um, I did, uh, for my birthday, I did post my Amazon wish list. Some people did send me gifts. So thank you for the gifts if you sent me something. I did receive it. A few people sent me gifts without a note. And I don't know who it's from, but thank you so much. Um, oh, I did want to talk real quick about the, uh, I know this is, the news cycle is so fast and people forget things so quickly. But I wanted to talk about the Fire Festival uh, documentaries. So I watched both of them. Uh in a couple of days. So the Netflix one is the one I watched first. And I think this is the one where, <laughs> well, now there's the infamous interview with, uh, 
with the guy who said that he was like going to go suck someone's dick to get the water <laughs> turned on on the island but he didn't end up he didn't have to do it and he didn't do it but that was hilarious uh the hulu fire festival documentary well oh the netflix one was funny too because ja rule was in it basically saying like oh i'm a hip-hop mogul and i'm like since when like he's never been a hip-hop mogul he had two songs well two songs that i remember so the one with jennifer lopez is, was that I'm real? It's because I'm real. The way you move, the way you... Is that his part? The way you move... Whatever. And then the one with Ashanti? What song was that? Right into the podcast. But he's not a mogul, obviously. Basically, Fire Festival is like the result of uh, men thinking they can do something and realizing they can't. And then it's too late. <laughs> And the Hulu documentary is the one I prefer because they do interview Billy McFarland, who is the scammer who is basically uh, in charge of this. And, you know, I quite honestly think that he believed he could pull this off because he kind of has like a dumb face. You know, he's kind of attractive. But when like you look at his face, he, like he's kind of a mouth breather. He just looks like he would just be like kind of lazy in bed. Like he'd be like, get on top. You know, like, I, that's how I imagine him being. Just, like, lazy as fuck. Well, I mean, he is lazy because he's basically, like, a Ponzi scheme artist. He, uh, I think he embezzled, like, or not embezzled, but he scammed people out of, like, $27 million, like, just from this alone, which is pretty fascinating. But the Hulu documentary, the reason I prefer that is because it's less biased than the Netflix one. Because the Netflix one was produced by Jerry Media. And Jerry Media was hired by Fire Festival to do their social media for them. So I feel like the Netflix documentary is basically like, oh, oops, we made a mistake at Jerry Media. And we're going to try to look like we're not complicit in this. So I think it has that sort of like angle where it's people trying to not look uh, guilty. So watch the Hulu one and Billy McFarland, like, did I date him? Because man, he's scuzzy. (laughs) Like I, well, I've never dated a guy who was that, like who was able to have like millions of dollars. (laughs) I've never dated a millionaire and that's fine. You know, I, you know, I've dated some, uh, some honest, hardworking men, but some of them were lazy, you know? And that's just reality. You know, some people are lazy. That's why my last boyfriend was really lazy. Are you listening? I bet you are. Uh, (laughs) What else? Okay. Oh, the Oscars. The Oscars are coming up. So the most nominated films. And these were my two favorite films of the year. Definitely. Roma and The Favorite. Ten nominations each. The Golden Globes were shitty as fuck. I don't even want to talk about those. But uh, all of the wrong shit won for the Golden Globes. Uh, So I think the Oscars are going to be better. Um, As long as I hope, I really hope that A Star is Born doesn't win anything. If it must win something, I guess for the song. Okay. But for if Lady Gaga wins for Best Actress, I I will throw a wine glass at the wall. I don't care. Um, It is my firm opinion that Glenn Close should win the Oscar 
for Best Actress for The Wife. And I saw The Wife recently, and I was very impressed. I had put it off for months. When it initially came out and I saw the trailer, I was like, oh my god, this looks so fucking boring. Like, So she's like, you know, in the trailer, she's like watching her husband receive the Pulitzer Prize. Or no, the Nobel Prize for Literature. And it's so fucking boring. She's like just sitting there and there's the ceremonial music and it's very dramatic and sweeping and swelling. And you're just like, Ugh, like what the fuck is that about? And then if you actually see the movie, wow, totally different from <laughs> what the trailer gives you an impression of. I mean, this movie is funny. It's witty. It's sexual. It's sensual. Uh, there's flashbacks to the past where it shows their younger selves, you know, in the early stage of, stages of their relationship. And I won't tell you how uh, their relationship starts, um, although you can guess uh, he was a professor of literature and she was his student. <laughs> well, you could see where that went. Uh <laughs> In college, I had a big crush on uh, one of my English lit professors. Yeah, that's true. Professor Lytle Shaw. Sometimes I uh, still Google him. <laughs> he was so smart. I had him for two classes. I had him for major text and critical theory, which is like one of the most difficult classes. So I was an English and history double major, and there was a class you had to take called major text and critical theory. And a lot of people did so shitty in this class. I think most people got, like, C's or something. I got an A, for sure. And it's basically you're reading all this, like, uh, critical theory stuff. So you're reading uh, Foucault, Derrida. Um, oh, I think this is where I learned the concept of the panopticon. So that was Foucault. And he talks about that in Discipline and Punish, um, which is just... It's such an interesting framework to view literature through. I'm so boring. Uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. Hi, Professor Shaw. Are you listening to this? I bet you're not. I bet you're doing real well with your tenure, baby. Um, imagine having tenure at a major private university. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> Man, I should have stayed in academia. Um, anywho... So the wife, it's very smart, very witty, um, just like a beautiful movie. And I was like very surprised by that. Uh, the trailer did it a disservice, just like the trailer did a disservice for A Star is Born. The trailer was so good for A Star is Born that I thought, oh my God, this is going to be the greatest movie ever. And it was built like horrible, like it was bullshit, like it was just like the worst I can't the last time I was so disappointed I can't even remember what it was um probably something sexual uh <laughs> yeah the last time a guy came too fast that's what a star is born was like um well it's the Super Bowl on Sunday uh little known fact about me I like football guys and it seems like nobody is banning the NFL <laughs> The NFL is not canceled. I Somebody told me that NFL viewership is up this year. I'm assuming it's because people need escapism, uh, just because the world is so fucked up right now. The country is so fucked up. Um, Trump is bad. I don't even want to say his name. Trump sucks. Um, <laughs> anywho, yeah, but I like football. 
Um, I did watch the playoff games. I kind of wanted to see, I wanted to see the Saints and Patriots uh, just because I wanted to see Drew Brees and Tom Brady. And it's not going to happen. And Drew Brees is probably done. He's like 41. But so is Tom Brady. And man, he is stoked on himself. Uh, I think the day of the playoffs, he like, he said something like, uh, well, this was the day of the AFC championship. He he said, I'm the baddest motherfucker who ever lived. And I was just like, what? Like, you're so confident. And he really is. Like, And he looks like he sleeps in a freezer. I don't know what he's doing. But he, he's, like, kind of, like, goofy. And I sometimes wonder, like, if he has, like, some type of, like, cognitive disability or something. <laughs> he's just very, like, strange and goofy. And his teeth do weird things when he talks. And when he gets overly excited. He has kind of a horse face, I guess. But, so we're going to see the Patriots and the Rams. Uh, nobody cares about the Rams, really. I've noticed. Well, some people do. Now that they're in the Super Bowl, honestly, though, I might consider going to some Rams games, you know. Um, except it's kind of inconvenient because they're still at the uh, the USC stadium. The new NFL stadium isn't going to be done, I think, until the season after next. So we'll see. Um, but I wanted to talk about my my score predictions because we did do some betting at my office. Um, so I think... I think the first quarter, I think the score is going to be probably like 3-0. and uh, Probably for the Patriots at the end of the first quarter. Um, I think it's going to like start out really slow. The second quarter, I think we're going to see... I think we're going to see maybe uh, a touchdown for the Patriots. Uh, maybe another field goal uh, for the Rams. So let's say 7-6, and six, we're ending the second quarter. Uh, then the halftime show, which is, we'll talk about that in a second, <laughs> which is bullshit. Okay. <laughs> and then let's say the third quarter, we uh, uh, maybe like two more touchdowns on both sides. I mean, well, one touchdown more each. Um, and then the fourth quarter, I think we're going to have another staged Tom Brady drive across the field with very little time left on the clock. Like we'll have like, you know, a minute and... 34 seconds and <laughs> he'll get the fucking football down the field again because that's what he does and I hate it um so I think I think the my prediction for the score the final score for the Super Bowl this year 21 to 17 Patriots um we'll see how that goes Tom Brady is so gross. Um, have you ever heard of Tom Brady's avocado ice cream? This is like what he considers to be a treat. He has this um, cookbook out, which is called, it's called TB12. He's number 12, you know. Um, so <laughs> this is like the only thing he like, he eats as uh, like a fake dessert, basically. So let me read you it. The ingredients. And he calls this an interpretation of ice cream. It's definitely not ice cream, okay? So the ingredients is one uh, ripe and soft avocado, half a cup raw cashews, half a cup coconut meat from young coconuts, one and a half cups of dates pitted, one cup of raw cacao powder, one and one quarter cups of water. Okay, so you blend all of these in a blender and then you put it in a freezer until the, quote, ice cream reaches desired thickness. 
And then you eat it. And good God, that sounds fucking disgusting. So basically, it, oh, like avocado is fine by itself, but when you're like putting all this stuff into it, and I mean, there's no way that this tastes good. Um, and it seems expensive. Like this, all these ingredients would cost you like 60 bucks at Whole Foods. Um, but the cacao powder, oh my God, I imagine that being so bitter. Like, have you ever had like a piece of like semi-sweet chocolate? It's probably like that. It's probably just like so fucking bitter and gross. He's so disgusted. I can't even handle it. But that's what Tom Brady thinks is a treat. He's such a robot. He's so weird. I don't, I don't even know how many more seasons he's supposed to play, but like he's not falling apart obviously i mean he rarely gets sacked but i don't know i mean yeah because he rarely gets sacked he's like held it together pretty well that most quarterbacks do let's see like peyton manning was he like he was 40 when he retired right i don't know 40 is about the age when you're about done except i think john elway how old was john elway when he played in his last game, which was a Super Bowl championship. I'm from Colorado, so I, I know a little bit about this. Obviously. <laughs> okay. John Elway, who I saw in King Supers once. We saw him in King Supers in Castle Rock, Colorado in like the late 90s, probably like 1999. Um, oh, wait a second. He was born in 1960. Okay, so then he definitely wasn't 40 when he played in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, two-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl 33, and Super Bowl 32. So, Super Bowl 32 played January 25th, 1998. Okay, the day before my birthday in 1998. It was uh, the Broncos and the Packers, 31 to 24. So John Elway, on that date in 1998, was 37 years old. Hmm. Okay, well, that's not impressive to me. (laughs) It's not impressive. Not impressive. Not, not impressive, John Elway. Okay. Then if you go to Colorado, which I do every so often because it is where I grew up, John Elway is like a god there. Like there's, you know, Elway's Restaurant, um, which is like a steakhouse. There's another one that's like kind of like, it's not as expensive as that. Um, He owns like a ton of like car dealerships. He's, I don't know, he's like a big deal. Um, Super Bowl Thirty Three. Let's see. January 31st, 1999. Atlanta Falcons and Denver Broncos. Broncos won 34 to 19. Well, there you go. I'm so glad we know this now. Uh, He wasn't 40. So, wow. Once again, Tom Brady. Unfortunately, impressive. (laughs) I mean, he is the greatest of all time. There's just no other way to say it i mean i don't know i maybe he sold his soul to somebody i have no idea is it a theory of mine yes is it true who knows um 
yeah, so the Super Bowl halftime show is going to be Maroon 5. Um, I think Maroon 5 sucks. <laughs> they have a couple of good songs, okay? But they're all from their first album. I can't even think of... What's the one that I really like where it's like about fucking... That's all I care about. Is this about... Is it about fucking? Then I like it. Okay, Songs of Our Jane, 2002. No, it's not. Okay, so the big song they had years and years ago. Well, they had... Okay, so there's four singles on this album. Uh, uh, Harder to Breathe. I think that was their very first song that I ever heard. This Love. This love has taken... Okay. She Will Be Loved in Sunday Mornings, okay? But, okay, the best song in this album is definitely Sweetest Goodbye. You can hear a little bit of it now. I'm only supposed to play 30 seconds of a copyrighted song like that. I'm not sure. Does it matter? But anyway, there's like there in the in the lyrics there's like there's something about fucking in here. Here it is. Give me the sweetest goodbye that I ever ever deceive. Pushing forward and Arching back. Okay, there you go. Pushing forward and arching back. It's about fucking doggy style, guys. Folks, what can I say? Is there anything more American than fucking doggy style? So that's a callback to what I was talking about before. (laughs) Right into the podcast. Is there anything more American than fucking doggy style or getting wasted on your birthday? Folks... Yeah, Adam Levine sucks. Do you watch The Voice? I unfortunately watch The Voice. I watch it just when it's on, but um, the concept of a show where you're like watching people like sing cover songs, it's like, why? Why this? Like, I want to hear original songs. I'll be, and, and most of these people will have original songs eventually, but I don't know. There's just something off-putting about it. And then like the contest aspect of it, it it's just so exploitative. All these shows on NBC... They're so exploitative. NBC, please give me a job. Seth Myers, give me a job. I keep tweeting at you. If I am not in your writer's room by, let's say, next season, I'm going to be so sad. I, <laughs> I think you need me. I think Seth Myers needs me. Okay, he needs me in that writer's room. So that's what I'm going to, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on getting in the Seth Myers writing room. I think that's a good goal. And, uh, yeah, you know, we're going to enjoy ourselves this weekend. We're going to watch the Super Bowl. Not sure what weekend the Oscars is on. Maybe I'll have to do an Oscars prediction episode. But the Oscars are coming up. It's February tomorrow. January is over, which is crazy, honestly. I, oh, Sunday, February 24th for the Oscars. So, 
yeah, so far it's been a good 2019. I think it's going to get better. Um, I think, you know, there's, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the prospect of romance. I'm feeling the prospect of travel. I think I'm going to be traveling a lot this year. So we'll see what happens. And, you know, I hope you guys take care of yourselves. Um, I would recommend, you know, doing that. Like I've been doing Pilates, I've been meditating, you know, just like doing what I can. And that's, that's all you can do is just do what you can and don't put pressure on yourself. And, uh, I guess that's my advice for this week, you know? And then my advice to men is to not catcall women in disgusting ways. Actually don't catcall at all. We get it. You like our tits. You like our ass. You want to grab them. You want to rub your face on them. And I don't blame you. I look fantastic. Okay? It's exhausting being a bad bitch. Okay, signing off January 31st, 2019. Uh, Follow me on social media. At Fixed Air Heather. It's all the same. Show dates I post on Instagram and Twitter. I'll see you out there. See you at the shows if you're not a crazy creep. Okay? Bye, guys. Are you angel in the sky?